So microphone check. Check, check, one. check. check. check oh, this one, is much two, better. Three. Yeah, this is okay. good. This is good. Yep. So we just had our first ever edit of No Theme Required. I guess technically it's still one take because <laughs> this is still our first take on this specific track. But the first one we did, we had to get rid of. It was way too fucking loud. Now, what is very exciting about this episode, though, is that both Hardu and myself, we have blue Yeti mics, one per person. This is the first episode that we have two mics on this podcast. We no longer have to share one and sit very close to each other, Too very close. intimate. Um, and now we can actually be spread apart and still talk about sports and everything else. I'm going to clarify something real quick. Yes, Sam. please. It is not intimate. <laughs> <laughs> clarifying that <laughs> that's fair okay right now okay that is a good edit <laughs> edit in real time yes yes but uh not quite a christmas episode seven days away eight days away shout out to my parents for getting me a microphone for christmas yes i opened it early don't well tell jordan done. it's still a secret <laughs> very good very good well, well i, I am excited that- for this episode primarily because of these two microphones and it does feel a bit festive even if it's not an official christmas episode but it is that time of year where we're getting to spend more time with with family and um also sports bonanza this week so we have the world cup to talk about nfl games are today this is saturday uh we have college football bowl games i believe there were six played today um and then we also have some other smaller things to discuss. But this is going to be a jam-packed episode. Looking forward to it. I might as well start off with the World Cup just real quick here. Um, it's not going to be as long of a segment as it was last week. There was much more to cover last week than there is this week. Um, this morning, I woke up at about 6.30 to watch the third-place match of the World Cup. That was between Croatia and Morocco. First eight or nine minutes was an absolute blast to watch. It was, from a fan's perspective, probably the best soccer you can watch. It was wide open play. Um, both teams scored a goal apiece in the opening 10 minutes. It was just a rocket of a start there. Absolutely fun match. Croatia did go on to win 2-1 ultimately. So they have the ultimate bragging rights um, of being a top three team at the World Cup in two consecutive tournaments. So this year, they they placed third. Back in, in 2018, they were second. They lost to France in the final there. And my friends and I, for that final back, back then, we made the mistake of attempting to shotgun beers for every goal that was scored in that match because we were anticipating like, I don't know, maybe two or three goals tops in that match. There were six damn goals. <laughs> France won four to two. So that means, so that meant we had to each shotgun six beers. Um, by that sixth goal, uh, we were barely able to sit on the couch. It was, it, it was a fun time. So uh, speaking of the World Cup final, that is happening tomorrow, Sunday morning. And that is between Argentina and France. France is currently the betting odds favorite, but I am going to bring out my Argentina jersey and root on Lionel Messi and the rest of the men in sky blue. Cannot wait to watch that match. Very excited for it. And this has been quite a World Cup to watch in a country that um, 
is is very restrictive on free speech, um, yet it has allowed so many countries entry to play the best sport in the world. But I'm very biased. <laughs> um, anyway, though, fun World Cup. It's it's hard to believe that it it wraps up tomorrow after three and a half weeks of epic action, group stage play. I always love watching that, and then going into into the round of sixteen, the quarterfinals, the semifinals the third place match and then tomorrow the final the grand finale the fireworks will be set off in qatar so very exciting day for both countries argentina and france this will be france's second time playing in the world cup final in the past two tournaments so they obviously made it back in 2018 and now they will try to be the first repeat champion of the world cup since brazil did it in the late 50s early 60s 58 and 62 was the last time we had a repeat world cup champion that was when pele was still playing for brazil so um exciting times ahead of us and that my friends is the official introduction to this week's episode starting off with the world cup who's gonna win I think if Kareem Benzema is allowed to play for France, if he's officially over his injury, um, he provides such a potent boost for their offensive schemes. I don't see how France could lose the match tomorrow. But at the same time, if he's not able to go, I really like Argentina in this match. I believe the over-under for tomorrow is 2.5 or 3.5. In either case, I'm taking the over. I think both teams will play very wide open play. Um, Sure, they they have a lot to lose if if they concede an early goal on defense. But you know what? Go out with a bang. This is the World Cup final. I expect to see high octane offense. Lots of passes in the match. We have two amazing teams at the fore here. So Kylian Mbappe versus Lionel Messi. That's exactly like saying... Kobe versus Jordan. So this is going to be quite quite the match tomorrow. I am excited for it. Mbappe is pretty young though, right? He's only 24, 25 years old. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so maybe he... it's more like the John Morant versus the LeBron James. Ooh. Just because Messi's been doing it for so long. I love that comparison. Yep. If you're going yep. to throw out basketball terms. Yes. Yes. Well done. Well done. I looked up a little bit of stuff about Mbappe. <laughs> Good One, for you. Guy's got a great name, mm-hmm. Mbappe. Mbappe. I can say it a lot. And two, I, again, I, I thought he was much older than he actually was, and he's already got a got a pretty good resume so far. Very One strong. World Cup could be yes. two World Cups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as his ceiling is concerned, is he have the potential to be a better player, or at least more of a legend than Messi? I guess a better better way to phrase it is your World Cup success more of a determinant of your legacy rather than your club play success? That's a a brilliant question. I think world club play definitely determines how how good of a player you are overall, but your club success, because it happens every year instead of every four years, that makes a much bigger impact on on how people will remember you as a player. Yeah, but I guess... If you win for your country, mm-hmm. there's probably more notoriety, even if you're like an EPL or Champions League champion. Sure. So would you would you prefer a career like Messi's 
where he's won, I mean, how many accolades throughout his career? So many. Because what, what was his main club team? Man, Barcelona. Barcelona, right? Mm-hmm. And they, the, I imagine he won La Liga a bunch of times. Yeah. And then yeah, did. did Barcelona win Champions League with him as well? Mm-hmm. Correct. But he's got no World Cups. No, he has none. So would you prefer... Actually, a better question then. Do you know where Mbappe plays? Mm-hmm. What, PSG? Yes. That's what I thought. And yes. they're, they're pretty dominant too. They are. But it's not as good of a league though, right? No. No. The league is very one-sided. It's in, just PSG versus yeah, the world? Who's much. the second best team in France? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm going to look up the Ligue 1 standings right now. Uh, it's the only team I know in the French league. I thought for the longest time they're all in the same league because they keep playing each other. Oh, oh speak, yes. speaking of leagues, too, I saw that they're doing a World Club Championship, and the Sounders are in it. Yes. They're representing MLS. Very exciting. Hopefully they don't draw, like, the Bundesliga team <laughs> first or something. Get absolutely smashed. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Sounders could be competitive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe? On the World Club level, if they draw a team that, that plays their club ball in maybe Belgium or Austria or Poland... Um, you know, kind of a uh, like a two tier team. Yeah, I think they would stand more of a chance with that, yeah. obviously. But, but they have no shot against even like a bottom EPL team. A bottom EPL team, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a shot there. But they're not going to go up against like Man City, no, or Man or Man U, and expect a good result. Absolutely no. not. No. no. So to answer your question here, real quick on League Un, the uh, the French top league for soccer. PSG is in first place after 15 matches played. Obviously, they had to suspend the season here just for the the World Cup. Yep. Now, Lens and Reigns are both uh, second and third. I absolutely butchered those names because I'm not from France. But <laughs> so uh, those two teams are far behind PSG right now. At um, so. PSG leads with 41 points overall. Then Lens has 36. Reigns has 31. And Marseille, which is fourth, has 30. So PSG has won their last five matches. Um, They've only allowed nine goals in 15 matches. Uh, Scored 43. The next highest in Ligue 1 right now is 31. So absolute domination on the PSG side. So they've won the last five in a row as well. Yes, yes, very true. Two hot teams. Mm-hmm. Very hot teams. Very hot teams. But I like, uh, let's say at the end of Mbappe's career, he wins a couple of Balloon d'Or awards, which is kind of like your Heisman Trophy award for the best world player. Um, you know, Messi's won seven of those awards. And let's say Mbappe wins four or five, and he wins two World Cups. Messi wins zero. It's It's going to be hard to not say that Mbappe had a better career, but Messi might be remembered for just being the the heartbeat of not only his his national team but also all of the club teams that he's played for now. Um, the same could be said of Mbappe, but I just think over the past ten years, I've I've watched so much of Messi. It's 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 hard to to really come up with a good comparison for yeah, him. It's not really fair yet. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. So this is purely hypothetical. It is. But um, I do like Mbappe's chances of having a very, very good career long term. I mean, he's obviously shown the potential so far. Um, it'll be interesting, though. So I'm I'm very excited to see who will come out on top tomorrow. I do like France. If Kareem 
Benzema plays. Uh, he did win the Balloon d'Or this this year. Absolutely awesome player from from France. Um, but if he's not able to go, Argentina. So this one is a bit of a toss up for sure. I think it's going to be high scoring. I know they said yes. the over under was two and a half. Mm-hmm. Let me confirm that. Let's high scoring four goals. Is that high scoring? Oh yeah. Uh, I would say five. Five total. Yes. Correct. Probably PKs. Dude, that. Uh, so PKs uh, do not count for the goals if if they're scored in okay. after extra time. It's just um, going back and forth there, but obviously they're they're counted in the regular time. Um, I can see it going to PKs. Yeah. Okay. So two and a half goals is set right now as as the over under. I would definitely take the over. Now you stand a better chance of betting the the under. Um, because the betting gurus um, certainly think that this will be a low-scoring match. Now, one interesting tidbit here about the World Cup Final is EA Sports, their FIFA game, actually played a bunch of sim games before the entire World Cup, and they found that Argentina won their simulated World Cup. So it'll be very interesting to see if they can win tomorrow. Uh, FIFA did the same Sim World Cup back in 2018. France won that, and they also did in real life. So it'll be interesting to see if if that simulation holds up. It's like the Madden Sim. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Fucking Very fun, games. dude. Very fun. That shit's crazy. Yeah, it is. A thousand Sims, Argentina. A thousand Sims, dude. A thousand Sims. So... Three games have been played today for the NFL. This is the first Saturday of the season, I think, until the end of the season. So three more weeks in which games will be played on Saturdays and Sundays. This is awesome, dude. What a time to be alive. we got four more weeks because we got the playoffs. Oh, yes. Yes. Correct. Yep, yep, yep. So exciting right now. Um, Going into the end of the first half here. Bills are up against the Dolphins, 14-13. They do have the ball, though, and it looks like they will be able to get a field goal here at, at the end of, of half at the bare minimum. But um, that game aside, holy shit. The Vikings against the Colts earlier today, the Vikes won 39-36, but the more important storyline is they completed the biggest comeback in NFL history. They were once down... 33 to 0 in the third quarter and then absolutely stomped their way back to win this game in OT. That was wow. Kirk yeah. Cousins played lights out in that second half. Yeah, we were talking about this before the podcast started and we both said the Vikings played a perfect second half of this football game. And yes, Jeff, not this Saturday. Sorry, man. <laughs> Not but, this Saturday. Yeah. Maybe next week. <laughs> Maybe next week. You just got crushed. Yeah, yeah. I, heartbreaking. I mean, all you had to do, granted, hindsight's twenty twenty. run the ball for the con- whole second half, and they probably wouldn't have ran into the situation. Pun intended. Right. Um, right. I, yeah, no, seriously. As far as playoff incompletions are concerned, though, uh, bigger storyline, even outside of the miraculous comeback that happened in the second half is the Vikings clinched their playoff spot, meaning that it's likely they're going to get the number two seed. I don't think the Niners 
Well, actually, I take that back. The Niners are red hot right now. Yeah, they so are. They definitely have a chance to catch them. But uh, the Vikings definitely help their odds by just clinching a playoff spot today. So looking at their next three games, they got the Giants at Green Bay at Chicago. All three games, very much winnable. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a Giants team that still hasn't won a division game and is really reeling. I said it four weeks ago, man. Their stock is trending down. Yeah. And it's been trending down. It's In fact, both New York teams are really starting to struggle right now in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So congrats to Kirk Cousins. Congrats to Justin Jefferson. They put on a hell of a show this afternoon. They did, dude. And, uh, you know, we'll see him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other game that happened this this morning, uh, Baltimore and Cleveland. This was a stinker. Oh, my God. The Ravens do not look the same whatsoever without Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley did not do much as their quarterback. I mean, this, this was a tough game to watch. The fact that the Ravens, one of the highest-scoring offenses in the league, um, yikes. They only scored three points. And poor Justin Tucker missed two field goals in this game. It was it, w- it was not a good game for my my man. Um, he had a 50-yarder blocked and then he also missed a 48-yarder wide wide left uh, just before the first half ended. So from a fantasy perspective because he is my kicker, he's he's also yours. Um, yeah, yeah, that that was a tough game to to swallow, but Tyler Huntley 17 of 30 for 138 yards and one pick. He was sacked 3 times. That just is not enough to get the job done. Now, I, I do see that J.K. Dobbins had a great game. I mean, on 13 carries, he, he was able to amass 125 yards, almost average 10 yards a carry. That's got to be a career high for him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely unbelievable. And, so he's uh, coming off injury this year, Yes, correct? yes, uh-huh, very true. Now, the Ravens have possibly one of, of the better timeshare of running backs in the league. I mean, they have three or four solid guys who can complement each each other there. But yikes. I mean, Mark Mark Andrews was their, their leading receiver with 31 yards. Um, that's just not enough to, to get it done. So uh, this this was a poor match, and the Browns were honestly quite lucky to win because their their offense looked equally as anemic. Uh, this was just not a fun a fun game to to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it kind of started off the entire weekend slate, um, not in the best of terms, but uh, but then the Vikings-Colts game more than made up for it. That was a blast. Yeah. So if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I'm definitely not starting to panic yet. Got three games left to get Lamar Jackson healthy yeah. and ultimately get the offense back on track. Right. Because you're right, Huntley did not look good today, but he has shown glimpses of being able to fill in for Lamar Jackson enough and really perform at, like, 90% of the capacity that Lamar can. Right, at, and, at least be a game manager. Yeah, and well, his play style is so similar to Lamar's right. that they basically run the same plays. Uh-huh. Right? It's a lot of quarterback running the ball, hitting their tight ends, like you said, with Mark Andrews. Right. So I'm not surprised that Mark Andrews was a leading receiver. The more, the number I'm most surprised about is actually the fact that he only had under 50 yards receiving, right. which is uncharacteristic of what Mark Andrews can do on the field, which we've seen for the last five seasons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So looking at the playoff picture from the Ravens standpoint, it's going to ultimately come down to their Week 18 matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals to probably decide the division. The loser of that game probably get a playoff seed, 
with the wild card, whether it's the five, sixth, or seventh seed, is still yet to be determined. Right. If the Dolphins win this game, um, it's going to put them more in the driver's seat. But you got New England at Las Vegas. Um, the Jets, I believe, are on a bye week. Um, let me double check that. I think bye weeks are done now. Oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So let me check who the Jets got real quick. Fuck. Oh, yeah, Detroit. Duh. The Zach Wilson is playing right now. Right. He's getting the start. Right. Um, so, yeah, man. All the teams that are in the playoff hunt, for the AFC at least, a lot's going to change this weekend. Yes. Very true. Very true. And quick update here on the game that is playing right now. The Bills were able to score a touchdown there right before the first half ended. Um, that's fun. Dude, Josh Allen, let's go. Three touchdowns, 217 yards. My, my fantasy team's looking pretty good right now. Yeah, they are. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm feeling solidified good. that team yes. for a long, long time. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You gotta start thinking about keepers soon. Yes. Well, not that soon, but something to have in mind. Right, right. I mean, I would have loved to have kept Jamar Chase, but I'm glad that I traded him away for some assets at the running back position. I so, think so. You know, it was. It seemed like a good trade off, and Michael Pittman. Today absolutely dominated the target share for the Colts. So I mean, he could be a dark horse keeper going into into next year. So uh, obviously, depending on if the Colts are able to get a better quarterback, because Matt Ryan just cannot do the job right now. Uh, the man need, needs to retire. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> yeah, he does. His so, time is up. Yes, yes. Um, so the rest of the NFL scoreboard here. Obviously, Thursday night happened. And yes, uh, the Seahawks, the Seahawks, uh, they really hacked away at this game. They looked absolutely awful on on offense. It was just not fun to watch them. George Kittle finally put on a show for the first time this entire season with two touchdowns. Looks like a beast. Only four catches for 93 yards. That man has some yak yards after catch right there. But the Niners really solidified themselves um, in this game as not only their front runner in the NFC West, but also as a top three team easily in the NFC as a whole. You know, it's Eagles, Vikings, Niners. Um, not not only in terms of standings, but also just in, in terms of overall power rankings. I really don't see a team that has a better defense than the Niners right now in the NFC. And their their offense is quickly catching up to the efficiency of their defense. Yes, they are, man. They've got numerous weapons. Although it, it's, it's too bad that they keep running their best skill player up the middle on run plays because... We saw how that worked out. <laughs> right. You got to stop running wide receivers up the A-gap. Yeah. They're just not built for it. They're not, They're dude. not built for it. No, get some jet sweeps in there. In but... fact, I have an anecdotal story where yes, I'm not going to mention his name, but there is a certain running back that I used to coach um, who was basically a slot receiver who they switched to running back and ultimately ended with him getting his ACL torn from basically the same thing to just like, Power runs up the middle, A gap, B gap. Or he, he just wasn't built for it. Yeah. You know, you need a certain, not only frame, but the ability to absorb multiple impacts. And the durability, which, yeah. yeah. Yeah, durability, which honestly is something that you can train up to. But if you're used to catching balls over, over the middle, I mean, granted, you're going to get licked every now and again. But for the most part, the damage you take is going to be not nearly as one, consistent, and two, as bludgeoning. Right. As it is like trying to run the ball literally right up the middle of the defense. Mm-hmm. So 
Figure it out, Shanahan. Figure it out. <laughs> but outside of those issues, you're totally right, man. Christian McCaffrey sliding right into that offense. Brock Purdy, who knows what he's going to become. Mr. Irrelevant just became right. Mr. Pretty Fucking Relevant. Yes, <laughs> yes, in a matter of, of a short time. Now, get this, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, two rookies this year, both played last year together at Iowa State. Okay. I watched a few games that the Cyclones had in the Big 12. Brock and Brees looked fantastic. I mean, they, they just looked like they were playing a level above the rest of the competition. So it's fun to see their, their careers start off with a bang. Sorry, Brees, that you tore your ACL, but they've they've really been able to shine in the NFL this this first year that they're in. So it's just fun to see that that transfer of skill. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So turning it all together, back with the playoffs. Yes. San Fran also clinched their playoff spot mm-hmm. in Seattle that night. Yep. They Sorry for the Seahawks. Yeah. It's looking <laughs> kind of dismal right now. It is. It's kind of like the weather. It's getting a little gray. Yeah. Let's yeah. look at the rest of their matchups for this for your hometown Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I know we got ending the season versus the Rams. Chiefs next week. Oof. In Kansas City. Yeah, that's going to be Home a against game. the Jets. Home against the Rams. Right. Okay, so let's say they drop their third in a row at the Chiefs. Jets winnable game. Uh-huh. Rams definitely winnable game. They need to win that game. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, dude, even if they finish 9-8, and eight, there's still a chance. Yes. As, as we said. No doubt. Because the, the Giants' stock, as you said earlier, yeah. is trending down. Yeah. Seahawks is trending down but honestly i think the dark horse that gets that seven seed detroit lions dude i want to see them go to the playoffs so so bad i know i'm a seahawks fan through and through but these lions on on offense they are sparking dude they are peaking at the right time jared goff has that offense humming it's 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 gonna be fun you know those those three teams up for that last playoff spot it'll be a battle yeah at six and seven yeah, they're on the outside looking in right now from the playoffs. Yep, they got to start this week with the Jets, right? Who are also going to be an extremely motivated team, no doubt. They're essentially in the same position on the outside looking in. Let me see where they're sitting at, though. I got too many tabs open. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the Jets also in the eighth seed, ninth seed, give or take. Yeah, either way, uh-huh. they're outside. Yeah, they are outside looking in, but they're tied with. Well, they're both seven and six with LA Chargers and the New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots have a tie break over both the Chargers and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, man. I think it's a bold prediction picking the Lions, though. Yeah. To try to come out of there. <laughs> really it do. is a bold pick. It's not Very over though take. for the Seahawks. Yeah. I was listening to Seattle Sports Radio, and a lot of the guys were already dialed in for Seattle. They're like. Expectations weren't playoffs at the beginning of the season, and they were right. In fact, we even talked about it too, that we thought the worst team in the NFL was going to be the Seahawks. We really did. Yeah, yeah. like back in week one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We both it picked looks the Seahawks. like a true rebuilding year for the Seahawks, and you know maybe it still is, but at the same time they have built some cornerstones for that offensive line. You know their their left tackle and their right tackle both rookies both have started every game this year so looking very dependable durable on that line i think will will help those those hawks 
moving forward. And they might get the number two draft pick. Yes! Yes! <laughs> that would be absolutely insane! Thank you, Denver! <laughs> so who do they need? They need a defensive edge rusher, I'd yes, say. badly. So, like, Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama mm-hmm. is the guy I know. Let's see who Mel Kuyper has on his top ten right now. I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to be uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback, oh, going sure. one to Houston. And yeah. then Houston needs a, a quarterback, a quarterback so badly. badly. Dear yeah. God. So it's going to be Bryce Young or Caleb Williams, unless like someone dark horse that we don't even know comes out of there. There's, there's a kid from UNC, actually, that's going to be pretty good, they said. UNC? Okay, I yeah. did hear about that man. Um, but he's probably not going to be the first overall pick. No. It's got to be Bryce Young. Okay, here's Mel Kuyper's top 25 big board. This is... Um, a bit dated. Uh, it was published last month, but I mean, still, it's going to be relevant enough. Um, so, Will Anderson is currently his number one player, that edge rusher from Alabama. Jalen Carter, Carter, D tackle from Georgia. Beast. He's a freak. God. He's 6'3, 311 or something like that. Let's see. Let's see. Dude, he's just. Jalen Carter. He's a house. God. He's a hole plugger. He's hard to move. And he's shredded. He's an action figure. Yeah. Yeah, let's see this. Six three three hundred. Yeah. He is he is the Zeus of that. He's twenty defensive line. Twenty one. Uh, I thought it said twenty seven. I was like, what? <laughs> he might have went on a a mission there. <laughs> Came back, dude. Bajan Robinson listed at number seven. That man. Um, hopefully, nobody from my fantasy league is listening to this podcast. But I want to draft him so badly next year with my first pick. But I know. Next year, since um, I have the best regular season record, I'm going to have the the last overall pick in the first round. So I probably Dude, won't, he's a won't rookie, be able man. to draft him. But he's not get drafted early. Maybe, maybe he's he's a. Is dynamite. he that good? Yes, yes. Like I, I truly believe he should have been up for the the Heisman. The man averages seven yards a carry, and he sees twenty plus touches a game. He's a beast. <clears throat> um, Either way, I think that it's pretty obvious. That the Seahawks are either going to get Will Anderson or, uh, like I said, Carter. Yes, yes. One of the two guys. They need defense, especially they, on they the line. Really do. They and, really and, do. And they're both like plug and play players. Uh huh. No doubt. No doubt. Which like half of Alabama is. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> they're a goddamn machine over there. Machine for NFL prospects. All right, my friend. Looking at the rest of the slate uh, for Sunday's games here, we'll kick it off with Eagles Bears. Um, I truly am surprised that the the line here is not bigger. It's it's only eight and a half. Um, now these are two cold weather teams. <laughs> the average temp it looks like will be twenty nine for that game. Very cold. Um, I don't expect to see many passes in this game, but I mean we'll see. We'll see. Josh Allen in the snow right now has attempted quite a few passes. He has three touchdowns in the first half. So yeah, you know the real might... feel at one p.m. 20 degrees. Ugh. So yeah, it's going to be a cold God. game. Damn. Jalen Hurts is going to live up to the name. Wow, dude. It's going to be it's going to hurt to get hit tomorrow. It really is, dude. It really is. It's going to feel like cement. Dude. Wow. Just hate getting hit in the cold. Yeah. Especially with the stick. Right. Like hit with a lacrosse stick in the cold. Mm. You're just like fuck you, man. Like stop poking me. <laughs> My fingers are already frozen. I can't feel them, but I can feel that. Like, <laughs> cut it out, dude. All right, so I have to ask you, Hardu, yeah. in your playing days, during a cold weather game, were you a player who had long sleeve, or did did you want to have short sleeves so the arms could still show? Uh, 
It depends. <laughs> it depends on, on It definitely what? definitely depends. One, how old was I? Mm. So in my early career, like so I started on varsity for lacrosse my sophomore year in high school. Nice. And I definitely wore as much clothing as possible to stay warm. Because I was like, fuck this. It's freezing out. In fact, our first game ever, it was snowing. Because oh. it was like an early April. Yeah. So it snowed that day. But later on, like towards my senior year, definitely was the guy that was just like, I'm wearing shorts, maybe like an Under Armour like shirt. Like and then my jersey. Like, and then my jersey. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to go out and blow. And then my, my one year at Rutgers, it literally went shorts, chest pad, penny. Oh, you're a beast. <laughs> <laughs> no fucks given at that point no and that's no. fantastic no that's fantastic i was usually pretty busy at, at least that was the game day entire practice though always stay warm yes always yes. stay warm for sure for sure in fact um at kutztown at least when i was playing college a little bit was the first time that i was ever like singled out and heckled by fans mm-hmm. i was just like damn they're picking on me but I know I look tough as fuck right now. Yes. It's like 35 degrees. Gotta I'm literally those. wearing shorts, uh, chest pad, penny. <laughs> and that day I wore that because I actually forgot my undershirt. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I thought about this question because on Thursday night I was obviously watching the Niners-Hawks game. And I believe the weather at game time was like 30, maybe 31 degrees. And seeing Nick Bosa's triceps in 4K... I'm like, damn, there is a reason that man does not wear any long sleeves because he wants to show off the, those arms at all costs. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a beastly performance from him. I, th- I think he had like two and a half or three sacks. So. Surprised the NFL didn't call him and get drug tested. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's his name got drug tested from the Pats? I had a big game last week. Oh, you're right. Um, Ramondre Stevens, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he did. And he was like, coincidence? I think not. Yeah, right. They say they're, and I'm doing air quotes right now, people, random. Right. But they're not. Right. Oh, you had a big game? Come on in. Drug test. Dude, um, so the night after Sebastian Janikowski uh, made the NFL record for the longest field goal, I think yeah. it was like 63, 64 yards, he was drug tested the very next day. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. So Sebastian Janikowski was also an, an alcoholic. I don't know if yes. Yes. And um, the the Polish cannon. Yes. So <laughs> on the Pat McAfee show, like this is probably five years ago at this point. Okay. Um, he was talking about how he's talking to Janikowski about how he could beat drug tests. Yeah. Because of what happened his rookie season or going into his rookie year, he basically uh, Pat McAfee basically got hammered and then was placed on like the NFL like probationary and like they call you for random drug tests anytime. So he's like, the best way to beat that, which he learned from Sebastian Janikowski, was to take a bunch of cruises. Because, like, they're going to call you, and then uh, you can't go in because you're on a boat. You're on a cruise, right? <laughs> and then Sebastian Janikowski goes, what they do? Land on boat? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, it's not like they can come out and get you. You know? True, dude. So, so apparently Janikowski just scheduled a bunch of cruises in the offseason <laughs> and we just take cruises. Yeah. <laughs> That's like genius. Ray Lupo. Right? It really right? is genius. Yeah. It's right. Serious. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm on a boat. I'm not the captain. I can't just be like, hey, man, I got to get back to Orlando right now. <laughs> like, right. 
I got a drug test, like, now. <laughs> I need to physically leave. Have me, like, I don't know what you want us to do, man. Like, you, like you want to swim to shore? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. I had no idea. But, you know, I'm not surprised because Seabass was a goddamn legend. Wow, dude. I mean, he was built like a linebacker. The man was like 6'2", 240. Yeah. Looks like a truck every time he would uh, kick that football. Absolutely amazing, dude. Wow. Okay, so um, going back to this matchup here, Eagles-Bears, I like the Eagles quite a bit in, in here. I really don't think there's much else to talk about because the Bears, um, yeah, I'm not sure what to really say about them. Justin Fields has been dynamite for them offensively, but they just don't have enough surrounding talent to get the job done. And, um, you know, Jesus, they have lost six straight. So I really don't see um, a bright end to the year for them. So they have the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions, and the Vikings. God damn. Uh, I I think they're going to get three wins on, on the year. I, I don't see them winning again the rest of the season. Those are four tough teams right there. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Not Eagles, really. so far, the class of the NFL. They I, should I win this so. game. Yeah. Bears probably hang around the first half, but I think ultimately Eagles get the job done. Fair enough. Yep. Jalen Hurts is my MVP right now. Yeah. Hard to go against that man. Falcons. Also, oh, but, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a quite all right. I was saying uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah. A bit of an unsung hero on that offense. Does not get enough notoriety. He does not. He flies under the radar. He does. Very true. He does. Very he's true. having a great, great season. Yeah. He's already got 1,000 yards in the year. Right. Over 1,000 years. How many other running backs right now can say that? I think it's six. Six? Okay. Yeah. Yet, I feel like we Derek talk Henry, about the other Josh five Jacobs, all too much. Uh, obviously, Miles Sanders. Miles uh, is five right now. So, it's Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb. Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. Those are the top five. Uh, and then I was close with the guess. My man, Damian Pierce, is at number seven, but he's on the IR. So yeah, he hasn't I will played not... since like week 10. Uh, true, true. He's out with that ankle injury. And the Texans are smart. They're not going to force him back into action. They have nothing to play yeah, for the rest of this for. year besides the first overall pick. So you might as well tank the rest of those games. Um but I was happy to see him handle 220 touches. That's that's a fantastic usage a rate after playing not all that much at Florida last year. So that's a lot of that's a lot of touches. That, that's a lot of touches, dude. I think yeah. Michael Turner still has the record. Michael Turner with the Falcons. Michael Turner the Brenner. Yeah. Yeah. He's like 300 oh sixty something carries. Yeah. NFL carries record. Is it Michael Turner? Larry Johnson with 416. Wow. Holy shit. Holy shit, dude. That is absolutely amazing. They ran every play. God damn, in 2006, dude. How many, that was when he had 1,700 yards. Yep, 1,700 yards. Averaged 3 point... Sorry. 4.3 yards yeah, per say, carry. That doesn't add up. 17 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to see... Okay, Michael Turner's at 22 right now. That was in his 08 year with yeah. the Falcons. Um, handled the Rock 376 times. Yeah, that, that's that, a lot. That is a lot, dude. Who's two? That is a lot. Uh, number two is Jamal Anderson. Also with the Falcons. He had 410 touches. There have only been five running backs all time who have 
logged more than 400 carries in one LT? season. LT? Is that LT? Uh, the next three, James Wilder, Eric Dickerson, and Eddie George. Eddie George. R.I.P. fucking George. R.I.P. Yes. For the Titans. Yes. The Speaking Oilers. of R.I.P., we do have a good segment in a bit about somebody we lost all too soon. So, uh, But we will get to that in a bit. Falcon Saints. Um, Quite the segue. <laughs> 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 you, yes, you you were not wrong. That was that was that was quite the uh, change of pace. We went through. That was like Tony Reale going talking about. He was like, over a thousand people died building these stadiums. Anyway, Woody Page, who do you got? <laughs> like, I appreciate you, Tony. You're a great dude. I love you. Great show. I'm just talking in jest. You ever listen to this podcast? That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. pretty funny. Uh, uh, well, thank you for the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Falcon Saints. Yes. So this is a battle here for kind of second place in the NFC South. Draft uh, position. Yeah, really more about draft position than playoffs here. Both teams are well out of the race um, <laughs> unless they can fire back against the Bucks, who are... Dude, the Bucks are only a full game ahead. Oh yes, okay. I stand corrected. And the Buccaneers also played the Bengals this weekend. Oof, yeah, damn. But Tom Brady won that game. Yeah, I think it's he still does. the Buccaneers' division to lose. It is ultimately only Atlanta has a realistic chance, right, of catching them, and that's just because they play them on on week eighteen of the season. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I think um, I'm going to take the Saints in this matchup. I know the Saints offensively have had some bugaboo games in recent weeks, but. You know, the law of averages in the NFL certainly exists for a reason. Yeah. You know, you you can only play so many bad games before a whopper will land on your doorstep. So um, this is just purely looking into that crystal ball for tomorrow. It's not going against any stats or anything. But um, I like the Saints in this matchup. I do. The, the, they are playing at home. I think Chris Olave is, is one of the more electric receivers in the league now. Um, you know, easily climbing up that that board as a rookie. Fun to watch him. Saints in this matchup. Yep. You know what? I'm going the opposite route for one reason. What's that reason? Desmond fucking Ritter. Oh, he's getting a start. Yes. NFL debut. NFL. I debut. liked him at Cincinnati. He's a gunslinging rookie that can run the ball. Yeah. And it's going to be a big change of pace out there. Very in big comparison change. to Marcus Mariota, who refused to throw the ball. Yeah. I don't want to say Desmond Ritter has a better arm at this point in their career than Marcus Mariota. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Marcus Mariota. It is going to be tough sledding. Because it is a rookie. Yeah. Um, I think the Falcons are basically saying, hey, we kind of phoned in this season. So if we win this game, great. But we're basically in that rebuild mode. And we want to see what we got right now in the last four games of the season with Desmond Ritter. Mm -hmm. Who was... Cincinnati's best quarterback of all time. Right. So him, Tyler Algier, and then um, what's that guy's rookie receiver? Drake London. Drake London. Thank you. Yep. London, London, London. <laughs> Coming down. Like, that London, is a fun London, uh, threesome there. You know, all of the, the rookies really coming out to play. I think yeah. Tyler Algier has had a very quiet start to his NFL campaign, but there's there's a lot of potential there. I mean, he's he's in a great offense that loves to run the ball. Um, I see better days ahead of him, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Desmond Ritter, 
on the road. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Lions Jets here. Um, okay. We were just talking about the Lions playoff chances. Same as the Jets. Earlier. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to take the Lions here. Um, I, I just want to see them win, dude. They've they've been tragically bad for so long, but you know what? They have a good stable in the running back department there mm-hmm. uh, with both Jamal and DeAndre. I, I know this is going to be one of the closer games of the weekend. Uh, the, the Jets are currently over, only favored by one point, um, but Lions, dude. Lions. Damn. Yes. So I want you to know, Okay. With the picks that you made already this week, you're paving the way for the Lions to get into the playoffs. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it happen. I do. Oh, man. I do. I mean, you're riding the hot hand. <laughs> yeah. And I can't fault you for that. Yeah. And the Jets, they're the going to be the Jets. The Jets are reeling right now. I mean, the fact they had to resort back to Zach Wilson, that is not a good sign. Well, yeah, because well, what's his bucket? You know, generic white guy is hurt. Mike White, right. Devin Smith. Yeah, true. Oh, right. <laughs> Devin White. Yeah. 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 Mike White. Yeah. yeah. Generic white guy. <laughs> but, hard. I mean, dude, in the past five games for the Lions, they've scored 30 or more points yeah. in four of those matchups. The Jets only... defense, though. Top four. Yes. Very true. Very true. So this is going to be a great battle of great defense versus great offense. Um, this is, is going to be... An interesting matchup, but I mean, the Lions have a top ten offense. There's no the storyline goes like this, in my opinion. Zach Wilson is gifted another opportunity by the grace of God. Yes, if he wins this game, is he starting the rest of the games for the Jets? I think so. I think so. Like is that gonna his, earn him a spot his back? job is on the line in this game. I think if. Like you said, I think if he does not win this game, his career in the NFL is will be in serious jeopardy. There's there's no doubt about that. Like he's he's thrown away so many chances at, at this point. His back is a, yes, yes, right, right, right. His back is up against the wall right now. It's um, he has nowhere to go but forward. What's his point. motivation level? It, it has to be a ten out of ten. It's maxed out. Max it's gotta effort, be. dude. Like you have to get yourself fucking psyched for this game, Zach. And you're at home. Yeah, you are at home. The weather looks pretty decent. It's going to be 40. Um, I mean, the the Jets need to obviously rely on their defense to get the, the job done. It's it's going to be all about field position tomorrow. Um, and Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson... Okay, if Zach Wilson passes for over 200 yards in this game, Jets win. Over 200? Yes. Because okay. his... His uh, season average per game, let's see this. I want to say it's about 140. 70. Oh, it's at 170. Okay. Okay, yeah. Is it? Uh, no. Uh, yes. <laughs> let me see. I was like, no way. <coughs> um, okay, average yards per game, 182. So okay. very close. Yeah, very close. close. Yeah. Um, Here's yes. a full prediction. Winner of this game makes the playoffs. Yes. Yes. Winner of this game definitely makes the, the playoffs as as a wild card. Especially if the Dolphins lose tonight. Yes. Uh-huh. Which is looking more and more likely. No, they're, they're closing the gap. Oh, they are? Yeah. Let's see. Let's well, see. I think it's a one-possession game now. Well, it was at the at the end of half, so... 21-19. 21-19. Oh, yep. damn. Bill's ball. Oh, yes, you're right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Right on, dude. Right on. All right. 
that'll be a fun matchup. Steelers Panthers here. This is um, okay. At this point in the season, it's if pretty I was, relevant, right? Yeah. I guess the Panthers have a chance. They have a very, very small chance to catch the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of things to go their way, though, yes, to they even do. stand a chance. And their last few games, sorry, last four games of the season: Steelers, <clears throat> Lions, Bucks, and Saints. Dude, those are winnable doable. games. <clears throat> although, sorry. although for you, you need the Lions to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in your scenario, they definitely don't make it. Yes, very true. As things are playing out. Because, <coughs> frankly, I still see the Buccaneers able to at least pull us away. Yes. You yes. okay, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was choking time, a man. bit. I had to, to mute myself Take your time, for a man. sec. Um, We're just talking. Yes, we are, dude. Talking, talking, talking. I love it. So, this game... I mean, there's there's not going to be too much interest in this game. The Steelers are have 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 no no chance here to make even the wild card spot. No, a, a, the yeah the uh, AFC North is looking competitive right now. I'm I'm taking uh, the Panthers here. Trubisky at, at or Mason Rudolph. Oof. Either option, not good, dude. Who'd you pick? Uh, Trubisky. Yes. Yeah. Trubisky by a by a fair margin. I I'd believe, say so too. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Trubisky the second overall pick when when he was drafted? Yeah. Way too fucking high. Yeah. I mean, even looking at him. Yep. Second overall pick in 2017. They and what have you done him. with with your career, sir? Fucking nothing. <laughs> fucking nothing, dude. What a sad career. I do I do believe he led the Bears to the playoffs. He did. Yeah, he did. Okay, so I I, I do stand correct there. He's Rex Grossman. He is Rex Grossman. Yes, Rex Grossman. He is the modern day Rex, no doubt, dude. A very mediocre at best quarterback who somehow has a gifted team around him to make the playoffs when it matters. Yeah, Rex Grossman. Um, yes, he made to his Super Bowl. Yes, he did. But dude. Peyton Manning beat him. Yeah, smacked him. Gifted. Yes, Peyton dude. Manning. Yes. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph. What a death chart for quarterback. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Oh, Jeff's a quarterback. Yeah, dude. They they need to badly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, not not much interest in that game. Um, who were you taking, though? Panthers. There you go. Cowboys-Jags, dude. <sighs> big game. A lot of points going to be scored. This is a big, big game. A lot of points going to be scored. Mm-hmm. I suspect... One or two defensive or special teams touchdowns. Yes. One, because Dak Prescott's kind of interception happy. Mm-hmm. And two, the Cowboys defense can really get after the ball. So right. I'm expecting them to pressure Trevor Lawrence a bunch. You know, make him make decisions quickly. We've got, we got playmakers on, on all sides of the ball, from Micah Parsons to Diggs. And then obviously offensively, you know, we added T.Y. Hinton, uh, C.D. Lamb. we got Gallup back, Zeke. Mm-hmm. Pollard's playing at an elite level. He'll probably get to a thousand yards this year. So, in in Jacksonville, Jaguars' offense is pretty hot. A lot of points. A lot of points. Now, Cowboys win. Yes. What's going to be interesting to note here and to see actually play out on the field is Trevor Lawrence is currently questionable for the game due to a toe injury. He's going to play. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I can see him playing. There's no way he's not going to play. 
Yeah, toe I mean, injury. This is an important game. But if he doesn't play, CJ Beathard, <laughs> what the from fuck? Iowa, dude. Oh my goodness, how was that man even drafted? I have no idea. Um, yeah, he's, he's a. They're gonna take he's his... two for three, so he's got a sixty-six point seven career completion percentage. <laughs> Not bad. Oh my god! In the month of December, yeah, yeah. Look at that, dude. Look at that. In twenty twenty-two, at least. Yes, In career. Yes. So he got three thousand passing yards. So the Jags did have a career game last week against the the Titans. That was a big win over their AFC South opponent. Um, really, really big. But I don't see them winning at home against the. The Cowboys, like you said, the Cowboys probably have the most dynamic offense in the league right now. Aside Didn't from show it last week, the Eagles. Yeah, true. But I will say, the Cowboys really showed like how resilient they can be because the Texans last week caused a turnover inside Cowboys territory, so they're in the red zone. At one point, it's first and goal from like the eight. The Cowboys four plays stuff them all four times get the ball back, ultimately drive down the field, get the last score of the game to walk off as winners. As a Cowboys fan, I was pretty scared last week that they were going to choke and blow this game. But, man, it was actually relieving to show me that that they can have – well, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, but they almost did. Mm -hmm. And they can bounce back from that. Yeah. Which makes me excited for the playoffs because I know that if something bad happens, it's not – automatically going to just kick them out of the game. So, whew, that was a close game last week. I'm hoping sure that this was. one, that they can just win it by a few more points than just like two mm-hmm. against the worst team in the NFL right now. Yeah, that's right, dude. That's right. Okay, so we're both taking Cowboys here away. Absolutely. All right. Chiefs-Texans, um, this is going to be obviously... Well, I mean, the same could have been said last week going into last week with the Cowboys-Texans that... We were both thinking that was going to be the biggest blowout of the weekend, but obviously wasn't. However, <clears throat> this weekend, I know that the Texans are playing at home, but they have one win for the year. The, the Chiefs just have too many weapons on offense. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for Houston to probably score more than uh, 20 points in this game. I really don't think that's that's going to happen. So do I think the Chiefs are going to beat them by 14 and a half? No, because of what the Texans showed against the Cowboys last week. You know, anything can happen in the NFL on any given Sunday. That was proved last week. So the Texans will lose this game um, and uh, kind of cement that first overall draft pick. Um, but the Chiefs, I think, are going to win by 10. 10 point? Yeah, 10 yeah, I can see him win by 13. 13? I'm going to say yeah. Texans cover because of the reason he just yeah. stated. Yeah. It's hard to win games in the NFL. It is, dude. Anytime you got to spread above a touchdown, that's that's basically saying they're going to blow them up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, 14 and a half. It's not 28, <laughs> but it's over halfway there. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. Chiefs cover, though. Yes. They're on fire right now. Oh. They're on fire. Okay. They're going to win by 20. All right. All right. All right. So moving to the afternoon slate here, Cardinals-Broncos. This is the battle of two anemic offenses now that Kyler Murray tore his ACL and is out for the the year. I was watching the Monday Night Football game last week. Kyler Murray was not even on the field for 90 seconds before he tore his ACL. It was a non-contact injury. The instant I saw it, I was like, oh, he is done for the year. It's brutal. It's a shame, dude, because at this point in the season, he probably won't come back to play until the middle of, of next year, like week Seven, week eight. I mean, full ACL rehab is what, nine 
to Nine 12 months. months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson did it. True. He tore his ACL on Christmas Day. That's right. And then was there for week one. That's right. Ran for almost 2,000 yards. Yeah, that was a magical year. That was but, insane. I mean, he's, he's built like a brick house. Kyler Murray isn't. He, well, well, what they're going to do is they're going to pump him full of steroids so he heals quicker. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, will he be ready for week one? Probably not. I don't think we take week nine or ten. I say four or five. Okay. Is more likely. Okay. Because, like, you know, he's got... So, they got a surgery, what, probably today or tomorrow? Yeah. Or, no, you know, she probably already got it, if I had to guess. Let's see. You could probably look it up. But let's say he gets it tomorrow. So, nine months from now, you're still only week two. So, Kyler Murray is going to have the surgery after Christmas. Okay. I, yeah, I cannot blame him. I would not want to o- open up gifts in a cast. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm him, I'm like, no, do it right now. Yeah. If I mean, if I want to come back and play. And, oh, sure. And just um, like. Let's see. I'll get it done as soon as possible. That's just me. Uh, I would too if I had the choice. But thankfully, I do not have the choice. I've never torn my ACL. And knock sure. on wood, I never hope to. But um, Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. So they're saying. Um, his his rehab could take as little as six months. That's hard to believe. Um, that's well, the surgery gets better every year. Yeah, they always find a new technique to tie, to twist materials, mm-hmm. how they insert, how they slice, how they cut. Right, right. And Very I bet true. their team doctor's done numerous. Oh ACL yeah, at this point has 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 lots of experience under his belt. Now, what's interesting here is Colt McCoy um, went over to Color Murray's house after the game last weekend. I'm assuming just to talk shop, make sure Color's okay. Now he went to go play just Call of Duty, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was the real reason. Hey, Color, I think I'm feeling bummed right now. Let's so see. I brought something for us. Yes, let's see who has the the, the, the better KD ratio. Yeah. Come on, man. We'll play some split screen. <laughs> nah, he's not going there for the playbook. That's nah, seriously. dude. Nah. He probably was. Probably was, dude. I wouldn't. He's a suitable backup. Yeah. Is he going to beat the Broncos? Russell Wilson's out. Russell is out. And I like the the cards here. But um, I like the cards offense versus the Broncos offense. I mean, they're, they're obviously the more gifted there. But, dude, the Broncos have a stingy defense. They are playing at home. Um, I'm taking the Broncos here. I think teams will be tied at records with four and ten after this this game. I like the, the right. Broncos. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah, Broncos get a little life without Russell Wilson. Yep, yep. And if the Broncos win, that would help out the Seahawks quite a bit. Um, I mean, no, you want them to lose. The cards are. Um, I'm sorry. You want the Broncos to lose? Oh, you want the draft pick to be higher? Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, true. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. You want them to lose. <laughs> Correct. Because right Correct. now they're number two. Yes. Yes, very true. Very true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, that that was a brain fart, folks. That's all good. I'm sorry. That's all I'm good. sorry. It's opposites. Yes. <laughs> flip, flip, flip. <laughs> nice sound effects. All right. Patriots Raiders here. Um, mm, looking at this game, I really like... Uh, um, I think the Raiders are kind of the the dark horse team in terms of having uh, the trifecta on on offense. Like I've said before in previous episodes about the Vikings having Cousins, Cook, Jefferson. Dude, the Raiders having Carr, Jacobs, and and Adams. I mean, that's that's a trifecta right there. 
I think do so. respect the the Pats defense. I mean, they can certainly get the the job done here. But the Raiders playing at at home um, right before Christmas, you, you know, Las Vegas is going to be bumping. Um, I like the Raiders. See, I'm going to opposite take. Bill Belichick is going to look over at Josh Stanos, say, "Come back to daddy." <laughs> you know I'm you miss you me. Everything I know, you know. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Come back to daddy. He's and then Matt Patricia is going to be like, "I'm sucking at his teeth." Yeah, right, right. Oh man, Belichick assistants just have not have not done well. No, no, they and have Joe not. Judge. Disgusting. Ooh. That's Very bad. Well, Daniel's first time in Denver. He won a playoff game with Tim Tebow, mm-hmm. so that's okay. Matt yeah. Patricia had like a thirty percent winning rate with Detroit, and then Eric Mangini took the Jets to the playoffs. Yes, technically Bill Belichick was his. No, I'm sorry, Bill Parcells. Wait, did Parcells? No, Belichick worked for Parcells. So yeah, mm-hmm. vice versa. So Bill. Belichick is fourteen and thirteen in his coaching matchups against former assistants. Okay, I guess Vrabel's beaten him. Yeah, you're right. Not quite as one-sided as we had thought, but he's still uh, the overall winner, at least heading into this weekend. So, um, damn, dude, he has had a lot of assistants go out and be successful with other teams here. I know Vegas is favored here. Yeah, they are. It's going to depend on that offense of the Patriots. It is, dude. It Defense is. will play well. Can they Offense wake up? has to score yeah. 23 points to win this game. Uh-huh. Very true. Very true. Titans, Chargers. Dude, just because I said Chargers the way I did, Los Angeles all, all the way. They are playing at home. Um, I think Justin Herbert has too many weapons on, on offense for the, the Titans to really handle them. And, you know, especially after seeing last week when the Jaguars put up 36 points against the Titans, Chargers can easily do the same. They, they have um, a very similarly equipped offense. Um, it's going to be hard in this game to see the Chargers lose. I, I don't see them in the in the loss column after this, this game. So they can help out their playoff chances. Are they? So they are currently on the outside looking in. They are tied with the Patriots right now for that seven seed. Um, so this will be interesting. If the Raiders win and the Chargers win, that could flip the script quite a bit. Um, and I see that happening this, this weekend. Yeah, I think if the Titans lose this game, they're not really in any danger of, of losing their position at top of the AFC South. Because it is that weak of a division. Yeah. So Chargers going to be a more motivated team going through the game. But I think Titans are better overall. Uh, it's going to be more of a possession battle if they can keep the ball out of Herbert's hands. And I think Titans are going to get a good opportunity to go out and get this W. Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, the Titans here, though, on the road at LA. Okay, just a better team. Fair enough. Fair enough. We have spoken. Bengals Buccaneers here. Um, I'm. I think the reason the spread is not more than three and a half is is because of Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, the the Bengals are just red hot going into this matchup. Jamar Chase was an absolute legend last week. Thank you so much. Um, you know, even though I did trade him away in my fantasy league, the man is an absolute beast. So the the Bengals now have won five straight, um, <clears throat> seven of the past eight. Wow. Um, and they they have 
easily put up enough points to win um, in their previous matchups, obviously. Uh, sorry, that was a brain fart. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. If they put up more points than their opponent, they obviously win. But um, but the Bengals, it's it's hard to see them lose this this matchup. I think Joe Burrow is, is having a low-key MVP year, um, almost at 4,000 yards. Um, but yeah, yeah Cincy in this matchup. I, I agree. The Buccaneers are proving to be a very flawed team. They, yes. Especially with multiple injuries to their secondary, their linebackers, and their defensive line. Right. Offensive line as well. They're not really able to protect for Tom Brady. And we know he's a statue. So if you can get pressure on Tom, it's going to be a long day for the Buccaneers. <laughs> it is, dude. Very as you true. stated, Bengals red hot, trying to make another run to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And yeah. I think if they keep playing like this, they're going to be a formidable team to play against and are right up there with the Chiefs and the Bills as far as the class of the AFC. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So it's really starting to shape up as like a three-team race. It is. It is. Yeah. Very true. So it was spread three and a half? Yes. Three yeah. and a half. Bengals cover. Dude, how about the weather for this game? 68 degrees and sunny. Oh, perfect. Oh, that sounds great for Tom. That sounds wonderful, dude. Yeah. Very good for, for Tom. Keep those jo- jo- joints loose. <laughs> Giants Commanders here. Uh, so this is a rematch of the draw that these teams both had against each other. Was that maybe two or three weeks ago? Yeah. A pretty recent game there. This will really decide um, who gets into the playoffs. I mean, uh, from the wild card perspective. I um, agree. Loser of this game, out of the playoffs. Yes. Has no no chance. No chance. Not no chance. I mean, they just need a lot more things to fold the direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington, Taylor Heineke, better team right now than Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Yep. As I stated last week, man, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, all the way back. Giants, they rely on Saquon so much. You take him away, and the game's over. They're a very one-dimensional team. Washington, a little bit more diverse with what they can do with Taylor Heineke compared to uh, good old Carson Wentz, um, Terry, Terry McLaurin. Savage, yes. gets the top rusher right now, Brian Robinson Jr. Don't know too much about him. It all comes down to Taylor freaking Heineke. He's a mm-hmm. gamer. He is, dude. He goes out there and competes his fucking heart out, man. He is. And prior to the tie, winners are three straight right. and six out of the last seven. Yeah, yeah. And I think the cool thing with Taylor is what he brings to the field you don't see in the box score. It's the ability to lead his his team, be a commander of of the commanders, really um, put the team on his back, carry them to a good result week in week out. Taylor um, he has a lot of in, intangibles that that just I'm starting him in fantasy this week. Yes, yes. Like I said four touchdowns this weekend, Taylor. Oh, big if you're game. listening. Big game from the man. I need it. Yeah, I need it. All right, dude. Last game of the weekend here. Well, no, I'm sorry. Last game of the slate, because it is on a Monday, the Monday nighter, uh, Rams-Packers. This is going to be in Green Bay. Um, wow, dude. Honestly, not game. an enticing matchup whatsoever. Uh, but Preseason uh, looked good. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Week 15? I would love to watch Rams, this, Packers? this matchup. Yes. Yeah. Monday night? Right. Playoff implications, guaranteed. Right. But instead... Both, a, both, both teams are well on the outside looking in. Womp, 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 womp. Yes. 
Yes, Aaron Rodgers kind of looking. I mean, he's he still had a decent year, but um, he's just not surrounded by great enough talent with the oh. Packers. They they have had a few um, electric games from their their wide receivers. Um, uh, Christian is Christian I, Jones. Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely beast, dude. He's like James Jones. James Jones. That's just random right. guys named Jones uh-huh. finding the end zone. Uh-huh. Well, it'll that be good next year, and then Bay. that's it. Yeah, it'll just disappear. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. Yes. Um, in this matchup here, the Packs are favored by seven at home. It's hard to not go against them. The Rams are just depleted and on both fading offense away. and defense. They're absolutely fading away is, is the perfect way to put it. Packers here definitely taking the spread as well. Agreed. Agreed. And it is unfortunate that the game with the second lowest over-under of the weekend is playing on Monday night. Yeah, it's- Two crappy uh, offenses going at crappy it. offenses, dude. Yeah, over under is thirty nine and a half. It's it very well could, yeah, because like we've said time and time again, any given Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always hard to win in the yes, NFL. Sir. So, uh, moving from the NFL now to college football, there were quite a few bowl games on today. I want to say there were at least uh, six. Yeah, at least. Let's see here. I'm actually going to shift our college football talk attention. So I think the most pertinent games uh, coming up. So we got our FCS final game set. It's going to be North Dakota State taking on South Dakota State. Another classic game. South Dakota, sorry, North Dakota State going for their 10th title. And I think it was 14 seasons. Oh, my God. They've been an absolute FCS dynasty. Yeah. Shout out to my friend, Coach Lewis Walker. Coach the DBs out there. Okay. Good luck in this game. That's fine. Um, North Dakota State wasn't necessarily predicted to be their usual characteristic self of just running away with games. Um, they lost to South Dakota State earlier this year in the regular season. Um, but definitely our team that has an opportunity to go out, like I said, win their 10th championship. And they have a great offensive line draft process prospect in Cody Mock. He went from a tight end and then developed over the course of four or five seasons into a 310-pound offensive lineman wow. who's arguably going to be one of the best offensive linemen in this NFL class. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Damn. How Tony about man, that? Quite it, the transformation. So how much was he, or how much did he weigh when he entered? I think it's that. I think he was like 240 <sighs> and gained like 70 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy You'd be surprised shit. how many people do that. Yeah. Look at him as a tight end, and we're like, wait a minute, you're six six. Right. You're gonna play offensive line. And just eat a lot of food. <laughs> eat a lot of food, exactly, yeah. dude. Being a in a constant uh calorie surplus right yeah. there. Like yeah. Nate Solder was the same way. Came yes. in as tight end. Nate Solder, that's right, yeah. that's right. The left tackle who played at, at Colorado. He did, yeah. And then went uh, got drafted by the Patriots. Yeah. I, be- I same, believe he's same out. Same with now. the Jack Driscoll, who plays for the Eagles now. Oh yes. He came in as a tight end. Yeah. And then uh, at UMass, like, nope, you're going to play online. <laughs> good choice. Just physically gifted. Okay, so there is a bull game right now. Sorry to cut you off. It's all good. Um, with the Dakota rivalry. but Ooh, Miami has a lead. Yes, and BYU is playing SMU right now. SMU has the ball uh, down by touchdown uh, with 46 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That's fun. It's on ESPN Plus? It's on ABC. So is it on ESPN Plus? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a great question. I would doubt it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. And then Jackson State was, um, speaking of 
well, I'm sorry, they're not an FCS school, but um, but they did have their their bowl game today. So Dion Sanders, Mr. Primetime, that was the last game he was coaching for Jackson State before making the move over to Colorado. Uh, NC Central, North North Carolina, winning 41-34 in overtime. That's that's a fun way to to cap off their season in the Cricket yeah. Celebration Bowl. Shadur Sanders had like an 88-yard bomb. Yes, he did. That's right. I watched that's the right. highlight. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. That's Colorado's quarterback next year. Yes, that's right. It De- is. Dion's son. Yeah. <laughs> we got into a funny conversation with Josh at work, and we were, he was just like, oh, the other quarterbacks are running. And I'm like, it's not necessarily running when you know who the starter is already going to be. Right. And he's like, well, you got to outplay him. I'm like, even if you're marginally better than Shadur's you're not gonna start over. No, no, it's you're not. Son. Yeah, yeah. There, there will be a bit of uh, subjective. It's gonna be like Cody and Dan that. Hawkins. Right, right. And very uh, true. Cody Hawkins just like a head coaching job somewhere actually. I think at Idaho State. Oh, good for him. Yeah, right on. Shout out to Cody okay. Hawkins. There you go. Dude. Nice guy. There you go. Nice guy. So the games that were played today, um, dude. Oregon State. Oh, smacked. they smacked Florida. They smacked, dude. Thirty to three. And then on the flip side. Um, another Pac-12 team was on the opposite end of a bludgeoning. Uh, Wazoo lost 29-6 to against the Fresno State Bulldogs. Um, that's uh, just a harassment right yeah. there. Um, Pac-12 already won more bowl games this year, though, than they did last year. Yes, very true. They didn't win a single one last very year. Very true. <laughs> they were over. It's, it's good to have that one win under your belt, and let's see if we can win some more. It's nice um, to see Oregon State win. Yeah. No one thought they were going to be good. Yeah. Same I mean, Washington State. Yes. Someone thought they were going to be good. Yes, they, they ended this year ranked number 14 overall. Not bad. And, and had a great bowl win. That's yeah. that's a good way to, to go out there. Um, and then the other bowl games here today, Rice, SMU. SMU won 38-24 in the Landing Tree Bowl. And then um, two games that are going on right now, obviously talked about SMU, BYU, but then also North Texas and Boise State. Boise State seems to be in a bowl game every single season. Of course, no they matter are. if it's good or bad. Since the uh, days of Kellen Moore. Since the days of Kellen Moore. No, Scott. We have the B. What was his last name? Oh, uh, when they played in the Fiesta Bowl yeah. with the the uh, like statue of Le- yeah. yes, uh, Rockwitz. Yes. Who was the name of that quarterback? It was definitely was that game with the 2008? B. Yeah. Ever since then, Boise State's been basically a consistent team. Kellen Moore was in 08, so it was before yeah. that. Kellen Moore was the most winning quarterback in FBS history. Oh, Zabransky. That's Zabransky. right. Yeah, I knew there was a B in there. Zabransky in, in 06. That was, yeah. that was when they... That's what started yes, it all. 2006 was when it's... They, yeah. And the, the head coach was... Uh, when they won against Oklahoma, uh, head, head coach was Chris Peterson. Yeah, Chris Peterson, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where it all began. That's where it all began, my friend. Damn, when they were 13-0, and 0, they were... Ranked number five overall. That was the year they should have made it to the game. That's wild, dude. Also, that year in 06, I believe that's when Colt Brennan was at Hawaii because Hawaii was 11-3. and three. Wow. No, Colt Brennan went undefeated at Hawaii. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so he, maybe he was... wasn't there yet. Well, let's see. Because he went to the Sugar Bowl and got crushed by Georgia. No, uh, so Colt... Oh, yeah, so they were undefeated in 05. Oh, okay. Correct, correct. And then, um, yes, 05 recap, they were... Wait, I'm sorry. In 05, they were 5-7. and seven. So, I don't believe he went undefeated at Hawaii. But, nonetheless... Are you sure? Yeah. 
Cole Brennan definitely went undefeated at Hawaii. Then when did they play Georgia? Seven. They were eleven and three, and they played Georgia. No way. No, no, no. They were eleven and three that that year. I don't know who who they played for their bowl game. Just their was bowl game was against ASU. ASU in two thousand six in the Hawaii Bowl. That's right, and they they won against uh, the Sun Devils as well. Yeah, dude. Two thousand eight. Hawaii oh. Warriors, 12-0. and 0. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I was looking at 06. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, they, they definitely went undefeated one year. Yeah. That, that is fun, dude. Back in the day. Back in the days of yonder. R.I.P. to Colt Brennan, too. That's right. All That's right. right. So I did want to talk about this one thing. Please. Before we make our college football game picks. How do you feel about players sitting out of bowl games? I don't like it at all. I really don't like on on one hand you preserve your body going into the NFL draft if you're going to be a very high pick and potentially save millions of dollars by by not getting injured. <clears throat> but on the other hand, this is your last possible chance to play for your school which has offered you the opportunity to showcase your talent in front of thousands of people for the year and then having that potential to then get drafted. You owe your school one last game. You 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 really do. I I um I do get a bit hurt by seeing these standout players just sit out for for bowl games um just in the interest of of getting drafted with the optimal pick, but yeah. <clears throat> but that's so, just me. I'm kind of on the opposite side of the fence. I do understand what you're saying. But I don't think these students owe the school shit. <laughs> I mean, now with the NLIs, oh, yeah, yeah, they can make a lot of money, NILs. Yes. But as far as them owing the school something, the school has made millions upon millions of dollars off these kids, back, especially the star players. I mean, they're the ones whose jersey they're selling. They're the ones who are on the billboards. They're the ones who are essentially th- they're marketing as these million-dollar players. Right. So... If a kid wants to sit out of a game, I understand that there's a certain competitive nature that people have where you're saying you should play this game. But if you're a guaranteed first-round draft pick, and unless you're playing for maybe like a college football championship, if you're just going to the fucking Holiday Bowl and you're going to play Eastern Michigan, like, sit out. Mm-hmm. Get your bag, man. Stay healthy. And go get your millions of dollars. Yeah. Now, if you're a borderline player... Maybe this can help your draft stock, but even then, if you're gonna if you're projected to be a mid to late round player, it might be worth it for them to take that time, recover, rest up, right. and get ready for another. Hopefully, the average couple careers is what three point something years. Let's see, it was like four years for every player. Oh, I want to see. It's less than four. Um, average career lifespan in the NFL three point three years. What's the median? Type in median. Median is three. Also the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes they're different. Yeah. The average like factors in the outliers like the twenty year oh. guys, the kickers. Right. Sure. Sure. Now kickers do have the longest average of pl- playing kickers, career, but it's only four point eight seven years. Quarterbacks have four point four. Running backs obviously have the lowest at two and a half. Mm-hmm. Wow, dude, that's the average career. So yeah, save yourself for one game for essentially four to five years. 
of your of, of that that's your window. Yeah, it to is. To make as much money as you can. Uh huh. So I see no problem with them sitting out. Okay, fair enough. This is life changing money they're talking about, man. Like they can literally live off this money for the rest of their lives. Yes. And then if they want to go into coaching or you know start their own career, go back to school, finish school, they be- they can essentially do whatever they want to do after they're done with college. Right. Or after they're done playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I like the fact that we went into that on different sides of the coin. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Okay, so you have some news here about Drew Brees. Yeah. I don't know. So it's just really weird. So, so Drew Brees is coming in as like a late season assistant at Purdue. That I don't know why. why. And I'm also thinking like you're coming in for literally one game, one bowl game. Why? <laughs> What's the point? And then my gears started turning, yeah. obviously. Drew Brees is trying to get into coaching. Right. So He this doesn't want to be out of football. He probably doesn't like being in the booth. And... Um, He's like, all right, I can go back to my alma mater, talk, t- talk to the coaches there, and you know, try to set his foot in the door to maybe go to like, a, maybe even Purdue even, and go and be like a quality control or just like an uh, advisor in quotes. Sure, be like someone else on staff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I think we're we're gonna see Drew Brees coaching in the near future. I do too. Yes, yes, but I do think it's um, a fantastic opportunity for him, at least from a launch pad perspective to really get his his feet wet with this game i mean they are playing lsu this is going to be a fantastic matchup here in the citrus bowl january 2nd in orlando Um, i mean obviously the purdue players are stoked to have drew Brees on their sideline that is going to be awesome he's a legend he is he is so um excited to see what will happen for this game and then also speaking of another another coach i had alluded to this Previously in the episode with that uh, very crafty transition there. (laughs) Very smooth transition. Oh, my God. Snakes Falcon. Yes. Was um, Mike Leach. The man passed away from a heart attack this this past week. and um, Legend. Gosh, an absolute legend. He was currently... He he was the coach for Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a bowl game. Yep. They are going to play. Yes, yes, they are. They January are. 2nd. At, at, as they should. And then uh, prior to that stint, he was the coach at, at Wazoo and most notably at Texas Tech. Air raid <laughs> offense. Yes, where he created the air raid offense, took full ad- advantage of that. And so so many teams are copying him now with those offensive schemes. And um, But the man will be remembered for his amazing post-game commentary, speeches, rants, interviews, Whatever he did after games, whether it be a win or a loss, was put in the memory chest for so many people. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> man, my favorite Mike Leach was when he was comparing all the Pac-12 mascots and seeing which one would win in a fight. He was like, <laughs> all right, let's start off a uh, Sun Devil. You're probably going to need some Harry Potter type of stuff in order to combat that. Not really too sure what their powers are. He's like a, a cougar. Yeah. That one might be tough. Like, it depends. It was out in the wild. Uh, you, you got a lion out there. No, no, sorry. He was like, you got a bear out there in the Bruins. Uh, that's definitely going to be formidable. He was talking about the tree. Yeah, that's not really going to do that much. So not, Trojan, uh, question, is he on his horse? That's definitely going to factor in and, be, and, and make a difference. Wildcat, yeah, that's probably not going to go out there and do it. Yes. A beaver, uh, 
you know, that one kind of depends as well. Like, they're feisty little fellows. They certainly like, are. Now, the buffalo, like, that's a real threat, threat, threat right there. Yes, but it that is. That one might be it. With the stampede. Now, the question here, who would win the battle between the UCLA Bruin and the Cal Bear? Because they're both bears. They are both bears. Yeah. Who would win? I don't yeah. know, man. What kind of bear is the cow bear? The golden bear. <laughs> That's like some golden compass stuff right there. <laughs> That's like some Atlantis. Atlantis. Of shit right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's the golden bear. <laughs> the golden bear. Wow, wow, dude. That sounds like a tasty snack, actually. Kind of does. You want some golden bears? Making me hungry. Some gummy bears? <laughs> you already had my gummy bears. <laughs> I did, dude. Thank, thank you for those packets. Four packs of gummy bears. Wow, I was I was a hungry man. That's standard. Yeah. It's pretty standard. Pretty much. You can't just have one pack of gummy bears. Nah, dude. It's That's so impossible. hard. Yes. It's impossible. It is. Dude. It's like having one Pringle. Yes. You ever had to have one Pringle? <laughs> that was their slogan. Bet you can't just have one. Nah. Bet you just can't have one. Now, one set I did want to bring up here regarding Mike Leach in his uh, post-game rants. How about his wins? <clears throat> Um, no, the number of curse words because uh, somebody in yes, here it is. <clears throat> this man is an absolute legend. I believe the first comment does have the oh, all of the comments right now are of course rest in so peace. So I think I can. There's a I can play a background video. Oh, you certainly should. Uh, what's it? He like was one of the realest coaches you could possibly ask for, but he would he would curse out his players after a win. I want to see this. Works. It didn't matter if they won. Or lost, he would curse him out either way. Um, but <clears throat> one of his most classic rants came after they faced Baylor, in which they won twenty to thirteen. This was back in two thousand nine, and uh, and <clears throat> he was cursing the bejesus out of him uh, for no apparent reason. I think this was also the rant where he was talking about the fact that a few players on the offensive side of the ball were in jeopardy of losing their starting spots after this game because of what happened on the field despite the win. So um, what a coach. Electric personality. You will be missed, Mike. Yes, you no will. Doubt. And I, I do got to say, I thought you were talking about this is, is win stat. Yeah. Was, so you need a 60% win rate in order to be eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. And he's short of it by three games. I think you still got to put him in, man. For, for how impactful he has been on the game. And his, bless you. And and his Thanks. legend and his impact, the air raid offense by itself is enough to get him in. Yes. So R.I.P. Mike Leach, you will be missed in the yes. college football world. He also crafted, helped to craft one of the greatest quarterback displays on the field ever with Connor Halliday at Wazoo. He has the record for most passing yards in one game at 734, I believe. Damn. This is in a college game. Um, 734. Yes. Most These Pac-12 teams can score points, man. Ooh, excuse me. That was a bird. Yep. 734. That's right. Connor Halliday. And so that record is also shared by Patrick Mahomes, who played at Texas Tech. Now, he obviously, he, he played at Tech well after Mike Leach, but Mike Leach installed that offense, with which then Patrick took over the reins for. He tied it? Yeah, so they're both at 734. Patrick Mahomes, who's had a fantastic NFL career versus Connor Halliday, who I believe got drafted but maybe played a year. That was it. So uh, very polar opposite sides, sides of the coin there. Um, well, if Graham Harrell can be up there, you know. Graham, Graham Harrell is 
Certainly up there, yes. The man just took um, an offensive coordinator job. He did. With, uh, shoot. Some college was it? Yeah, it was a, it was a big school. Um, Kansas? Let's see. Purdue. Purdue. Oh, so Drew Brees. He will, he will be with Drew circle. Brees, yes. Full fucking circle. Full fucking circle, dude. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. Drew Brees. He's coming for your job. Yes, he is, dude. He's coming for your it's job. Well, vice versa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fun. Graham Harrow. Fun, Drew fun, Brees fun. coming for your job. All right, since we're still on the topic of football, Hardu, would you like to kick us off with your, your monologue? Which I is absolutely will. Football related? Absolutely will. Yes. So I'm a little torn on this one. So here's the situation. Uh, there's an f- Army football player. His name's Andre Carter II. So for those of you that don't know, Army is a service academy. All right, there's Army, Navy, and Air Force. All three of them have football. And they all have other sports as well, with football being the most, we'll say it has the most notoriety. So Army hasn't had a player that was likely to get drafted since 1969. And they haven't had a first-round pick since 1947. Now, Andre Carter is on Mel Kuyper's big board as the number 22-ranked player for the upcoming draft. He's had 15.5 sacks last season, but had a slow start to the 2022 campaign and finished um, with only 3.5 this year. So, there's currently a bill that's a part of the National Defense Authorization Act which the Senate passed on Thursday, and I was heading to Joe Biden's desk, and basically it states that any cadet or midshipman that wants to play professional sports, it would be a breach of service for them not to serve their current obligation first. So they're usually eligible for that um, after five years of active duty and three years of individual reserve. Now, I'm pretty sure you can go while you're in the reserve, um, so there's a lot of people saying that this is going to be good for the army because we both know that retention rates are down, you know, uh, recruitment levels are also down. So saying it's going to be a good recruitment tool if you allow him to forego his military service and then go and play in the NFL. Now I have no issue with cadets going to play in the NFL. However, you already signed up and you knew what you're getting yourself into when you accepted to go to West Point, to go to Air Force Academy, or to go to Navy. So the overall acceptance rate for those academies is about 8%. And you have thousands upon thousands of applicants to those academies every single year. I should know. I was one of them. I applied to USAFA. I got in to USAFA. Unfortunately, ran some legal issues. We'll go into that later. Didn't get in overall. (laughs) But I went, I went in and applied with the understanding that I was going to have to go and do my service after I graduated because school was going to be 100% free and funded by taxpayers. So what do you do? Do you allow this professional athlete to go into the NFL and pursue his NFL career? There are other jobs that he can do. He can go into the reserves and still fulfill his contractual duty. But what this does is then it opens up, to the, up the door to other cadets for other academies and on multiple sports. Because how are we to say it's fair to say that a basketball player can't go play in the NBA 
or potentially even play overseas, right? Because we stated that the window to make money for these student athletes, in his case, government cadet, to make money is so small, especially in the sport of football. So where do you draw the line at? Because if you have, let's say, a women's lacrosse player who has the opportunity to go out and play professionally, are you going to make the same exemption for her? Even though it's a sport that doesn't generate nearly as much revenue? She's basically standing on the same ground. I have an opportunity to go play professionally. Can I forego my service until I complete my career in something else? So ultimately, I think it comes down to the fact that these... They're basically children when they sign up for these academies. It's an unfortunate situation that they're in. But because of it, you have to go and serve much a term. And even though this window for the NFL is so small, it would just be unfair as well as unprecedented for him to be able to go and pursue his career. And we've seen people have great careers afterwards. I mean, look at Roger Staubach. He's a Hall of Famer. Two-time Super Bowl winner. So it's not like it can't be done. And also, after two years of active duty service, you can apply for a for basically a, a change of MOS and, a, and a, I believe a change of um, uh, designation. So you can apply to go into the reserves, I, I believe. Don't quote me on that, people. So there's definitely a ways around where he can get out of the Army sooner in order to go pursue a career in the NFL. So, tough situation for Andre Carter to be in, but... Ultimately, man, you got to go serve. Very true. Very true. Hardu, I believe, in my humble opinion, that was your best monologue to date. Probably, yeah. Wow. That was a good one. The the facts that you threw in there, a.k.a. the last time Army had a first-round draft pick, dude, you included those at the perfect time. <laughs> Talk about Roger Staubach, a Hall of Famer from Army. Well done, Navy. you. That, Navy. Or, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Navy, Navy, Navy. That was that was a well done monologue. Kudos. Thanks, bro. Nice work. Thanks, nice bro. work. So I'm gonna wrap this entire podcast with a nice little bow on top and go back to our first topic of the day, which was the World Cup, and going into tomorrow's epic grand finale between Argentina and France. There is one team that I really want to see win, and that would be Argentina, because of none other than Lionel Messi. Watching him when I first got into soccer was an absolute blessing. I I first watched him at the 2010 World Cup back when it was played in South Africa, and just watching him, his mesmerizing style of being on the ball, tricking his opponents into moving left, right, all types of directions trying to fake them out at, at every corner. The man is a legend. Um, he he is the owner of so many records in world football that at this point, it is fair to say he is one of the top players of all time. He and Pele from Brazil, easily two of the best players to ever grace the pitch. And Lionel Messi, please take advantage of tomorrow. I know you will. I know Argentina as a whole will. And... Um, Fun fact here about Argentina is that Bangladesh is one of its biggest supporters in India. They have a huge, rabid fan base there. So um, I believe the world will be wanting Argentina to win. I believe they have a bigger fan base overall. Um, But 
that is not confirmed. So um, going back to Lionel Messi, though, he, he does lead um, this World Cup with, with goals scored at five. Him and Mbappe are tied atop the leaderboard for goals scored at five apiece. Um, they have just outclassed their opponents this entire uh, tournament, these, these past three and a half weeks. So Messi, the records speak for themselves. I mean, he has played the most matches for the Argentina national team of all time with 162. Second place right now is Javier Mascherano, who I watched play for Argentina back in the day. He was kind of a right back for them on the defensive side. He is second most at 147. So Messi is is the ultimate iron horse for his 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 club and country. So the man was once deemed too small to play the sport when he was growing up. Doctors actually thought that he would only grow to the height of four foot seven. <laughs> but I mean, he is now, oh shoot, I want to say five foot six. Pretty short. Five foot seven. Yeah, yeah. He shrinks every year. Yes, right, you're right. But I mean, damn, dude. He has, to put this into perspective, he scored 91 goals in a calendar year for club and country. In one calendar year. It's a glory four days. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you're you're playing about 33 matches for club. And then for country, friendlies, you know, um, probably another, I don't know, 10 to 15 yeah. matches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in total, that's about 45 matches. He was averaging two goals per game. Which is nuts. Absolutely nuts, dude. Absolutely nuts. So... Messi, I love you. Thank you for what you have brought to the world of football. You've inspired me. You've inspired mil- millions of people across the globe. And um, good luck tomorrow. Go Argentina. Beat France. <laughs> should we bet on that one? Yes, we should. Damn it, I forgot to give you the $10. That's what I was alluding to. <laughs> Damn I it, like, I forgot to bring it over. I was going to transition that with, no or not, just hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but Oy. speaking of soccer, did you see in the Australian League the, the fans stormed the field and threw like this metal box at the goalie? No yeah, way! It was crazy. No like, way! It, it happened over the weekend, or over the week. Sorry. Yeah, Australian Soccer League fans stormed the field and they threw stuff at the goalie. I didn't see oh my like goodness. preface yeah, the yeah. event. I just saw them like run on the field and, and throw something at the goalie. Yes, this was in A League. Wow. Yeah. Players are bleeding. Holy yeah. shit. Okay, this was between Melbourne City and Melbourne. And the fans Victor. were literally walking up to the players and just like cussing at them. Wow, dude. The goalkeeper was hit in the head with a metal bucket. Yeah, so it was, yeah. <gasps> you suck your bloody wanker. <laughs> that sounds more British than Aussie. <laughs> Whatever. Oi! Oi, some shrimp on the babe. Oi, you cunt. Uh, <laughs> You're lucky it wasn't a ball spag. <laughs> That's fantastic. So this this entire um, pitch invasion was stemmed to the fact that um, the APL uh, chose to sell the hosting rights to to the league's grand finals to Sydney for the next three years. I'm not sure what that has to do with with this. But, okay, so that is the fact that uh, this, this match was in Melbourne. Melbourne does have a rivalry with Sydney. So they're... That that could be so the, the fans just basically reason. rioted over location, right? Correct. It's like Philadelphia. 
It is. It's disgusting. Yes. Fucking rabid fan base. So this took place in the 20th minute, dude. That's why you need to have more action in the sport. Wow. So the fans are just more engaged the whole time instead of yes. getting angrier. Have you seen the video? Yeah, I did. I did. It's okay. kind of crazy. But, like, watch this. It's, a, it's in high def, too. The fans yeah, are is. running right up to him. Oh, my yeah, God, yeah. dude. Just, just get smacked. Yeah. Yes. And players on both teams are running out there to help him. And the ref's like, the coaches. I, I can only Look, give out so many right red cards. The fans are right there. Like, he's the, 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 that fucking short little fat guy. Wow. If I was a player, I would have punched one of them. I, like, I would have, too, dude. I would have came in flying and dropped him to the chest. Damn. I've always dreamed of that. Oh, my God. Like, I was always dude. hoping that there would be, like, a streaker or like someone at a football game that I was coaching yes. at. I guess hop on the field and clothesline them. Yes. Wow, dude. That's, That's absolutely insane, dude. <laughs> wow. Or, like, flying dropkick. Yes. I've always dreamed yes. of that, too. So, folks, we have a fun episode coming for you next week, which will be our Christmas, Christmas episode. episode. Very, yeah. very festive. We'll make, we'll make it festive. Yeah, we'll yeah, find yeah. a way to make it festive. Uh-huh. I'll like think that. of ideas. Yes. I know we're going to do our work this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got to stay till 12. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try to make a, find a way to make our podcast festive. Yeah. Maybe a guest. Oh, I, 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 I like that. It would be yeah. very fun to have a Christmas guest. Surprise. Christmas surprise. Christmas surprise. We Who got two microphones now, too. Yeah, we do. We um, do. But yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope the quality was better. Fuck yes. Yeah. Thanks to these two blue Yeti mics. Let's take a sponsorship, please, blue. Please yes. Blue. Yes. In the not-too-distant future. All right, you guys. Have a fantastic week. Be yep. safe out there. See you next week.